Hi and welcome into part two of this extended four-part edition of the Rock and Roll Rabbit Holes of Pink Floyd. In this part, we'll explore the demise of psychedelic rock and the emergence of progressive rock. As the early days of the 1970s tick by, Pink Floyd begin to give glimpses of their potential and what they will evolve toward. 1972's Obscured by Clouds is a favourite of the band and some fans, but others hated it. It's a mostly instrumental album, but when you hear the gold it's in there, you get a sense, a taste and a fleeting glimpse of what is in store for Pink Floyd. Come on my friends, let's make for the hills They say there's gold but I'm looking for thrills You can get your hands on whatever we find Cause I'm only coming along for the ride When you go your way, I don't mind I don't care if we get there on time That is Pink Floyd, the gold, it's in the... Psychedelic music first emerged in the mid-60s around San Francisco and bands like The Grateful Dead, The Doors and Jefferson Airplane were the initial architects of its move toward mainstream. White Rabbit from Jefferson Airplane climbed to number 8 on the charts in 1967.
Jefferson Airplane and White Rabbit. The emergence of psychedelic rock spread quickly and traces are evident in the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's album. Though psychedelic rock declined as quickly as it emerged, mainly because of Charles Manson and his supporters committing the famous Sharon Tate murders and its main music legends, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison, all dying of drug overdoses between 1970 and 1971. Whilst the Americans were immersed in drug-fueled creativity and responding in their way, in Britain, the remnants of psychedelic rock evolved toward progressive rock. It was named progressive as the lyrics were seen as poetic and intellectual. New technology was being embraced and experimenting with new sounds was the thing. And music was seen as an art rather than a sound. It was music for listening to and thinking about rather than screaming or dancing to. Artists like Jethro Tull, Procol Harum, and the Moody Blues were the initial big influences. Nights in white satin Never reaching the end Letters I've written Never meaning to send Beauty I'd always missed With these eyes before just what the truth is I can't say anymore Cause I love you I'm good. 
try to tell me Thoughts they cannot defend Just what you want to be You will be in the end And I love you That is the Moody Blues and Nights in White Satin. All that experimentation in the late 60s prepared the English progressive rock scene well for the early 70s. Most progressive rock bands released their best-selling and critically acclaimed music in the first half of the 70s. Mike Oldfield and Tubular Bells, Jethro Tull, Emerson Lake and Palmer and Pink Floyd were about to assume the mantle of the architects of the progressive rock scene. Enter the idea of a concept album. A concept album is an album where the collective meaning of all the material explores a topic. The whole is seen as more important than its parts. The first concept album was recorded in 1940 by Woody Guthrie and it was called Dust Bowl Ballads. The common theme is the impact dust bowls have on the country. In 1973, Pink Floyd released The Dark Side of the Moon, totaling just over 43 minutes and selling over 45 million units. It spent 973 weeks, or nearly 18 years, in the Billboard Top 200. 
The album was the band's worldwide breakthrough, a comment on life, death, wealth, madness, and everything in between. The group employed multi-track recording, tape loops, and synthesizers. The album's engineer was Alan Parsons, and he was responsible for many of the sound aspects and experimentations. Here is Alan Parsons a few years on in 1982 with the Alan Parsons Project and the Eye in the Sky. Thinking. 
That is the Alan Parsons Project and Eye in the Sky. The lyrics for Dark Side of the Moon were written by Waters. Now famous commentary taken from the EMI and Abbey Road staffers was recorded and inserted into the songs and for the first time a song was sung by someone who was not a member of the band. Claire Torrey was recruited by Alan Parsons and sang on The Great Gig in the Sky for a flat fee of £30. The non-coherent lyrics, aka non-lexical vocals, are sung by Torrey over a Richard Wright composition, a mellow and mashed sequence of chords on the keys that somehow work. Torrey wails over the top in a way that reflects and sums up the album as a whole. Optimistic, foreboding and then resigned. Life before the fall. Here is the great gig in the sky.
Pink Floyd and the Great Gig in the Sky. A major theme that can be found on the album is madness, with songs like Speak to Me and Brain Damage. The album was initially to be titled Dark Side of the Moon, A Peace for Assorted Lunatics. And after the release, the band were playing most of the album live, as well as two other numbers, Raving and Drooling and You've Gotta Be Crazy. These songs would be reworked and retitled as Sheep and Dogs, respectively, both found on the 1977 album Animals. There are no direct correlations to whether these are aimed or based on Sid Barrett, however it's interesting to note that mental illness was becoming a central theme. By the time the band had completed their sonic masterpiece, they were well and truly masters of the craft. They knew that they could do it, they had a direction, they had fathered a genre, progressive rock, and they had left Sid well and truly behind.
from Pink Floyd. 1974 saw the band touring briefly in France and developing significant presentations to enhance their shows. It was a dress rehearsal for a planned bigger tour in 1975. On this tour they revealed a 40-foot circular display called Mr Screen and various sequences were produced to create a theatrical and immersive rock concert experience. The shows were plagued by technical issues and Mr Screen had quite a few bugs. 
In July 1974, the band have some downtime. The massive success of Dark Side of the Moon had regenerated interest in the foursome's earlier work, including their work with Sid, and EMI decided to release Piper at the Gates of Dawn and A Saucer Full of Secrets. And Barrett's two solo albums were sold as double albums in the US. Stateside, the song Money made Pink Floyd famous. And David Gilmore has noted that after Money was released, the nature of a Pink Floyd audience changed in the States as well.
was in the right. That is money from Pink Floyd. That's the end of part two of our rock and roll rabbit holes into Pink Floyd. When we pick up the story in part three, we'll join the band in 1975 as they headline Nebworth and head back into the studio. You've fallen down another rock and roll rabbit hole.